Good morning. My name is Pam. The Old Testament reading is found in Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. The word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Debbie. Hi. The New Testament reading is found in Romans 10, 13 through 15. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. The word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Eric. Thank you for standing for the gospel reading, which is found in Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. About this time, another large crowd had gathered, and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way. For some of them have come a long distance. His disciples replied, how are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness. Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. The gospel of the Lord. Good morning, New Life Downtown. Please remain standing as we pray. Lord, thank you so much for your grace this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence amongst us. Lord, we love you. And we want to pray that prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come once again. And fill us afresh, Lord. Do what you can only do. Awaken us. Strengthen us this morning and speak to us and guide us. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ and the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Amen. I'm so happy to be here this morning. I'm so honored to be here. As Jay said, I, my name is Anna, and I am honored to pastor alongside my husband, Iglesia Nueva Vida. And I want to give a big thanks to all of you that served um, alongside us yesterday, serving our community. It was beautiful. We put some great smile 
on so many families and kids. We have so many testimonies. And it was so nice to see New Life Church coming together to say to the community, we are here. We see you. And um, we have so many beautiful testimony. One of them is one, uh, a man that called and said, um, hey, um, are you sure you're going to be doing this? Because um, this is incredible. Are you sure you're going to be giving uniforms and shoes? And we're like, yes, come. We're going to do it. And when he actually came, he had four kids and he was so moved. He said, I didn't know how I was going to buy uniforms for my kids and, and, and shoes. And, and I didn't have food. So now you guys did it. So thank you. And we were able able to point him, point him to Jesus and say, because we love you, because Jesus loves you, because he sees us. Amen. So thank you. Continue to do this because this is what we are called to do. This is the mission of the church. And this morning, I want to talk to you guys about that mission that we were given, that mission of going, going for them and going and making disciples and being the church on a mission, the church facing outwards, the church being present out there, okay? Um, because what the Lord wants with us, he wants amongst us, okay? So the Lord wants us to love each other, to see each other. And we can even begin to talk about the mission of God without understanding God's heart for the mission. Because sometimes we get it wrong. We think it's just going, but we go for the wrong reasons. And this morning, I just want to bring, I just want to talk to you um, in a practical way. You know, what can we do to be the church on a mission? What can we do to be present? And it's so, so simple. Can you just say with me, look around. That's what we do. That's how we go on a mission, just looking around and being present. And we learn from our Lord. He's, once we know God's heart for the mission, for the people, then we understand it's like God's heart is like a GPS that tells us if we're going right, if we're going for us or for him, because we're not supposed to call people to us, but call them to Jesus. Amen. So it's not about what you can do for them, but it's about what God does through you for them. Amen. So we are instruments and it's important that we know that the reason God sends us to go is because he loves one thing more than anything. He loves people. God loves people. And because he loves people, he sends us to see people for who they are and where they are. So God sees because he loves, he sees us. And um, and I know we read the scriptures and before I start, I just want to be thankful and honoring to the pastors of this house for this amazing opportunity. I love them so much. Um, I love Pastor Jay. I was telling the church this morning that when I met him, the guy is so smart that I thought I need to learn Hebrew to communicate with him. He's like a walking Bible. And Sarah is so beautiful. They're beautiful people. <laughs> She's so healthy spiritually, emotionally, physically. That is, it's unhealthy to be that healthy. So I just think there's such a great couple. Just love on them and believe that the Lord has planted them here for such a time as this. Amen. And what to say about Glenn. Glenn Packiam is a blessing to not only downtown, um, but new life overall. He's been a great mentor for so many of us. Um, Glenn has the biggest heart. And I love that when we um, become became new life and we uh, merged with new life, Glenn was that person that saw us 
that walked with us, that was present. And that man has that heart. And I was saying this morning, I love the little fans. I feel like you guys are like, yeah, go ahead, preach. I love them. So cool. Okay, you can just go like that. You know, I need it. I need it. Because today, I don't know. Listen, I am from the Dominican Republic. I am from a Caribbean island. So I have some fire in me that is not only because I'm from the Caribbean, but because I've seen God love my people. I've seen God lift my people. I've seen God do the unthinkable. We serve in an area of our church where there's so much need. And we see people walking in broken. And we gather together and we start loving them, we start seeing them, when we see the Lord working with us for them. So that's why I'm so excited. It's not because I'm Caribbean, okay, I have some of that too, but it's because I've seen God love, love in a way that none of us can. Amen. So God loves us, and then when he loves, he sees. We read the verse in Psalm 139 that says that God saw us before we were even born. So I want you to feel that special. We were wonderfully made. We were made with love and care. We are a complex creation. We, God is fascinating, fascinated with us. He loves us. He sees us. When Adam and Eve um, sinned, Bible says that he was walking and he asked them, where are you? See, he doesn't stay behind. He comes to our our situation while they were hiding and and they were afraid they were ashamed the Lord comes and said I'm looking for you where are you I want to be present in your life so the Lord tells downtown today where are you church where are you I want to walk I want to see you it's okay if you are not okay I'm going to make you okay you and I are going to walk together and we're going to see change so the church sometimes worries so much as a church about what the changes that God is bringing in the church. We need to understand that God is in his throne. He knows what he's doing. He knows who he's taking, who he's bringing, who he's planting. Our job is to go out and make changes over there. Make changes out there. Let God change here, but we are going to make changes in our community. Who say amen here? How many of you guys? Amen. So God loves people and he sees people. And a church in a mission is a church that understands that God so loved the world that he gave the best. His son, his only son for us because he loves us. And he says, so whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life so the mission of the church that church that is moving a church that understands the heart of God is I need to love people because we don't want them to perish and because they have to get to the eternal life that's the mission that we were sent and as the Lord sees us and loves us and tells us where are you I want to gain my communion, my intimacy with you. I haven't forgotten about you. Bible says in 2 Chronicles 69, it says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So, 
Bible says that the Lord is searching. The Lord is saying, where is there someone I can help today? Where is there someone that I can strengthen today? Where is there someone that needs me today? And that is the attitude of the church that has Christ's heart. We are searching who we're going to bless, who we're going to look, who we're going to sit with, stand with, sit, um, stand for. So the church is supposed to be a moving entity. The church is not a monument so people can see. The church needs to be in movement. The church needs to be awakened. The church needs to look. So tell your neighbor, look around. Look around. There are people that need us. Amen. And Bible gives um, God a name that is so beautiful. El Roy, the God that sees. And Bible talks about a woman, Hagar, that had an experience with the Lord. Um, she was running. Um, she was a slave and she was running from her master. And she was in despair. She was scared. And in that desert, the Lord found her. And Bible says that she saw him and she said, now I see the God that sees me. So I want you to know, church, that the Lord is looking at you. He sees you. He sees your, your situation. And today, he wants to do something about it. Will you allow him? And I love how intentional and relational God is because she doesn't only say, he is the God that sees me, but I also see the God that sees me. So you can see God working in your life. You can see what he's about to do. You can see him empowering you and strengthening you. Amen. So this verse and this experience with Hagar makes me um, realize that um, there's so many people that need to see Elroy in our lives. What are people seeing when they see us downtown? When they see us, when they actually talk to us, are they seeing, I see the God that sees me through you? I feel seen by God. I feel pre the presence of God just by communing, you know, communicating with God's people. So as a church, we need to make sure we are reflecting that, that relationship that God wants to have with us. And I'm not talking here about being weird and just talking about, uh, Jesus, how oh, I feel the fire. We're not supposed to be scaring people. We are supposed to be relating to people how they are. It's just asking, hi, how are you? How was your day? And hey, can I pray for you? You know, I go to this church where they taught me how to pray and there's a living God that wants the best for you. Can I sit with you in this situation? Can we be real? Come on, downtown. We are in a place that is difficult and that there's a lot of need. Us, these two campuses, Nueva Vida and downtown, we are placed where the heart of the need of our community is. And we need to be awakened and we need to be moved by compassion to love our community and say, I see you. I see you. I'm struck by how many people come to our church and I am a hugger and I've taught some of the leaders to be huggers and to make people feel welcome and to see them. And when we hug them, 
we break them. Sometimes we don't need to um, come with a big, big message. And, but when they feel that we are there and that we look at them and say, how are you? Welcome to the house of the Lord. They feel loved. They feel seen. And I wonder if today the Lord is wanting to say, downtown, I want you to wake up and I want you to love my people. I want you to love like I love Jesus was present. Jesus was actively present and walking to transform someone. He was aware. He was aware of his surrounding. Jesus was always trying to see. And and Bible even says that in many conversations, Jesus was speaking. And he was like, and Jesus overheard. Because he was awakened, he was aware, he was trying to find someone to bless, someone to see, someone to live, someone to heal. Can we be that church this morning? Bible says that he saw two uh, young men fishing and he called them. Bible says he called Peter when he was there and left out and he just thought, I'm just a fisherman. And the Lord said, come. Jesus saw him, but he also saw him when he denied him. And Bible says that when he saw him, immediately... Peter knew he felt him. And it's the look of Christ. It's that intentional look to see people where they are that I'm talking about this morning. And that I feel like the Lord wants us to hear about it. He saw his mom at the foot of the cross. And he just didn't leave her there. He saw his disciple. He said, can you take care of my mom, please? And, and Jesus was intentional. He saw the lame, the blind. Jesus saw. Jesus was looking who to bless. He was actively present. And as a church, we cannot say, yeah, we love, yeah, it's cool, but then we don't love like he loves, and we don't move like he moves, and we don't feel like he feels. Sometimes it's just a song for us. But the Lord wants us to practice this. It's a learned behavior. Compassion and love. It's a learned behavior. It's something you practice. It's something that you do. It's something that you intentionally decide to do. So I, I can prove you in the Bible that Jesus was always looking around. He was always looking. He saw up and he saw Zacchaeus and he invited him to his house. He looked down and he saw a woman, an adulterous woman and he looked to his side and there, there, two thief at the cross with him he saw around and he heard and he said who has touched me Jesus is always looking and that's the heart we cannot be a church that moves when we are blind to others around us. And when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about also your family and also your church. Because sometimes we say, oh, you know what, the church, they're okay. No, a lot of people in the church need to be seen. They need to be touched. They need to be um, asked, where are you? You know, brother, I, ha I haven't seen you for two Sundays. Where have you been? How can I help you? And that's the church sometimes and many times people in the church are feeling lonely because we're not seeing each other. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, I see you. I see you. And let's make this more than just a phrase, but something that we do. And Bible says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be a witness. And let me tell you something. We don't have to do this alone. 
We have the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that you need to go and create your own ways. The Holy Spirit wants to partner with us to touch them. The Holy Spirit wants to help you be a witness. He will open the hearts of your eyes, your, the eyes of your heart, and He will tell you, speak to them. Do something. Look, um, I was telling this morning in the church that my husband and I went to on a mission trip, and I was like, yay, Jesus, I'm on a mission trip. And that changed really fast because we had to take an airplane from Guatemala to Honduras. And guys, I'm telling you, I've never seen such a small airplane in my life. This table is bigger. My car was bigger than the airplane for all I know. And it was a really difficult, but you know what? I'm like, hey, mission for Jesus. So I was trying to be cool. And I'm like, yeah, just sit here. My husband had to sit in the other um, side of the island. A guy at the end comes and sits next to my husband. And I'm like, it's okay. I'm not going to ask him. It's okay. Well, you know, we're in a mission for Jesus. We're trying to be nice and kind. But five minutes after when that plane took off, I was giving my soul to Jesus. I was like, Father, take me. I'm giving you my life. I leave you my kids, Father, in the church. Do what you do, Jesus. That airplane was shaking, was going down. Da, 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 da. And I was like, Lord, when I look to the side, I'm thinking my husband is going to be with me. He was praying for the guy next to him. And I'm like, hello, I need prayer. I need your hands. What are you doing? And I'm like, you say you will be with me. And my husband was praying as the airplane. I'm pretty sure we were upside down at this point. And my husband is there praying. like, And I hear them touch. I see them. And he's like, Father, oh, Lord. And in Spanish, of course. Espíritu Santo, tócalo. Llena su vida. <laughs> That's your Spanish class. Espíritu Santo, Holy Spirit. So, um, long story short, we landed and... Funny enough, my husband got like a stomach bug. That happens a lot. And I was like, I might have prayed something weird. So if you got sick, maybe my prayer. No, just kidding. But, but long story short, three years after we went to the church, my husband told the guy, go find a healthy church. We connected him with um, this um, pastor and we went to minister at that church and it was so beautiful to see this big family and this guy waving at us like, Pastor Jeremiah, I heard you were coming. Remember me? I'm the guy in the airplane. My whole family, like 10 kids, uh, my whole family is serving with me, my wife, my nephews. And they were on a mission for Jesus. Just because my husband saw him. Just because my husband took the time to seek him. And to speak life into him. Now they're all serving the Lord. Who are you speaking life into? Are you being uncomfortable a little? And you're just, you know, my husband was like, hey honey, you got this. You're in Jesus' hands. I, he needs Jesus. And although I don't know how I'm married to this guy still. <laughs> It took me a while to forgive him. But when I saw that family, praise the Lord. <laughs> Come on then, town. I heard that you're really honest here. I mean, Jay's wearing shorts. How cool could this church be? This is so cool. <laughs> so I want to talk to you because Jesus not only saw people, but he saw the crowd. 
He saw many crowds and he did something about it. So sometimes the gospel feels like it's too much. There's so much need. How, oh, Lord? And Jesus is not telling us here to be him. He's telling us, can you go for me? You know, can you partner with me so we can do something incredible together? But Jesus also saw crowds and, and Mark, the gospel of Mark talks about two um, the two miracles of multiplications. And in these two miracles, they, um, it's written, theologians say that it's important because it talks about place. Place is important. Place is important. So when Jesus fed the 5,000, Bible says that um, that area was mainly Jewish. And we, when he fed the 4,000, Bible says that, well, it teaches us that um, because of the location, it was a mainly Gentiles area. So Jesus is a revolutionary man. He went where he couldn't go. And he's actually, actually asking the disciples, can you feed them? Jewish and Gentiles didn't eat together. So this is crazy. And I'm talking to a church that is not afraid to be crazy for Jesus this morning. That can't go in a place that we're not supposed to go. Like, at the end of service, what's happening in our city this morning, can we go and just love them? Can we go and just see them as people that need Christ? Amen. So Jesus um, told, had this conversation with the disciples, and I'm reading from Mark 8, 1, 2, 4. And I'm going to paraphrase it because we read it already, but it says that in those days, Jesus called the disciples to him. And he told them, guys, I have compassion for these people. All the translations that I feel sorry for these people. They um, have already been with me three days. Stay with me three days. You, don't understand, you understand that Jesus was for three days with Gentiles. People that he's not supposed to be. In an area that he wasn't supposed to be as a Jewish. And he took his disciples there. And I feel like Jesus is taking us right there to the uncertainty of serving people that we don't understand, that don't look like us, that don't feel like us. I mean, I think the pastors went on vacation and sent me. They did this to you guys. <laughs> so they're very intentional. I see the heart of Christ. So he sent them. And he told them, he called a meeting for compassion. Jesus is calling a meeting for compassion. And this morning, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit is doing. We're meeting. Let's talk about compassion. When was the last time the church had a meeting about compassion? When was the last time? Your family. There. Your family. You and your spouse. You say, can we talk about how we can be compassionate to our neighbors, to our friends, to someone at work, to your relatives, your immediate family? Could it be that you haven't seen them? And that you already gave up on them? That you already say like, oh, I've been 20 years um, testifying to them. Maybe you're doing something wrong. Maybe you just need to look around and say, let me, let me talk about what they like. Let me just um, be intentional. Because in that, in that meeting, Jesus was talking about food. Come on. He came to save them. And he's worried about their hungry. They're being hungry. Yes. Because Jesus was relatable. Jesus was real. Jesus was not talking to them about, 
Oh, you are going to die. You need to accept me. You need to look at me. Yes, that was his message. Yes, that was his mission. But he didn't do it like that. He was kind to them. He saw their needs first. So someone needs you to see them. Someone needs you to see them with compassion. And Jesus said, and Bible says that they, he said, they've been here for three days already. A long time. And I love that. Jesus saw that they were hungry. And the most important thing is that, to me, what struck me is that he said, um, some of them have come a long distance. And that detail is so special because that means that he was talking one-on-one with them. He was asking them, where are you from? Where did you come from? He was being relational. He was connecting, which is one of, one, with our vision as New Life Church connect, serve, and worship. And he was connecting with them at their level. So it's so beautiful because for three days, Jesus was asking them, hey, I saw you came. Where are you from? What's the last time you had a conversation like that with someone that doesn't look like you or doesn't even speak like you? We, you've been, who you work with, who, who is your circle? Is your circle mainly people that you know? Or, or are you stretching and saying, you know what, I'm going to be different. It's, it's, it's what the Lord is calling us. And that call um, to compassion is what, what I'm, I'm talking about this morning, that we are moved by compassion, that we are broken by compassion, that we can see the need in people and we can do something about it, that we can speak to their need, that we can move with them, that we can stand with them, that we can say, I'm going to pray because I have the Holy Spirit. I can pray. I remember, um, I want to share this story with you. The other day I was really tired. You know, my husband and I are very present in the church. So we, we do a lot. Okay. So I was like, Lord, I need a vacation. Gosh, I need to go on vacation. Please father, make it happen. And the Lord, um, we were talking about, you know, my husband was preaching about seat with people's need and ask them how, and here I am, the pastor, and I'm saying like, Lord, oh my God, I need a vacation. I just want to rest and I need that. And it's so funny because the person next to me said, hey, pastora, I'm pastora, pastor, woman pastor, pastora. So, hey, pastora, help me pray for my green card because I haven't seen my family for a long time and I'm afraid my mom might die and I don't see her. And I was like, Stroke, here I am praying for vacation when the person next to me doesn't even have the luxury to go and see um, her mom and her parent, her parent, her dad had died and her, her brother is really sick. And this is the reality of so many people in our community, you know, they don't have the luxury we have. They don't share the privileges that we share sometimes. And Immediately, I was moved by compassion. I, I started crying with her. And I said, I'm going to stand here with you. And I'm going to pray for a miracle. And we're going to see it. And I was so bold. And I said, Holy Spirit, I need an answer by the summer. I need to know that you're going to do this. Because this is a good person that serves you, that loves you. And I want you to give her her green card so she can go and see her loved ones. And guys, on Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, someone touched my back and said, I have to tell you something. The lawyer called me and I'm getting my green card. Oh, 
my God. And I was like, Lord, you did it. And all I did was to pray for her, to pray with her. So prayer is powerful. Remember, the Lord is searching. The Lord is searching for someone that needs to be strengthened, for someone that is praying, for someone that wants to see a change, for someone that is being compassionate. Compassionate. And um, the answer of the disciples in this story is that they, w they told Jesus, but when Jesus asked them, what do you have? They said, but how are we going to feed them? How in this remote place can anyone get something to eat? And I feel like the reason why the disciples didn't believe because they just saw Jesus fed 5,000 people. So they immediately doubted that Jesus could do it again. Sometimes we don't think that he can do it again. But I came this morning to tell you he's going to do it again in your life. He's going to ignite your life. You're going to be a witness. Something is going to happen. Your life is going to get straight. And you are going to be a light in the world like you're supposed to be. Downtown um, Bible says that. Jesus asked them and this is what they told them. Like how? They didn't believe that Jesus can do it. For the Gentiles too. And that's where we're mistaken. Jesus was broken. He died for all of us. He didn't choose a, a certain type of people. He chose all of us because he loved us. So um, receive Jesus loves this morning. And you know what? I always say people don't have problems with Jesus. They are pretty open about Jesus. People have problems with the people that preach about Jesus, the people that testify about Jesus. So it's about time the church starts being more kind and more sweet and more loving. And that the church start saying, instead of um, going and say, because you need Jesus, we say like, how, how, how can, how can I help you this morning? How can I help you now? And then when they see your kindness, they will see Jesus. They will see. And when they ask you, why, like people in church, like, why do you hug so much? How can you love people like this? I'm like, it's not me. I don't know how to do it, but I have Jesus. He loved me first. He loved me when I was lost. He loved, I've seen him, Jesus, get his hands dirty with people just because he loves them. Are you willing to get a little dirty, a little uncomfortable? Yeah? Come on, then, town. Say yes, amen. Yes. Hallelujah. So in this, in this um, conversation with Jesus and the disciples, we see that the disciples are moved by convenience. But Jesus is moved by compassion. They're like, no, not them. No, you know, I don't know the language. It's too difficult. Oh, no, they're too weird. Oh, no, I don't have time. Oh, no, you know what? I don't know how to do it, really. I don't have that calling. You are called to go. And when he called you to go, he empowered you through the Holy Spirit to be a witness. So it's not about what you can do, but what he can do through you. Amen. So um, convenience has the church tied up. But Jesus is making us, is um, throwing there a, a call to compassion, to be compassionate. To see other people. Amen. So who's moving you this morning? What's moving you? What's moving your life? Convenience or compassion? As the church grows and as the church changes and as the church, um, it's, um, it's challenged. The Lord says, I want you to be compassionate. Not only with people out there, but with the church in here. And I want you to be compassionate with your leaders. With your leaders, be grateful. 
Love them. Stand with them. Pray for your leaders. It's not easy to lead a huge congregation. Pray for them and say, Lord, strengthen Jane. Thank you because he had this hard task to be supervising Pastor Anna this morning. It's hard. He doesn't know what I'm going to do here. Okay. So, you know, pray for um, Jay, um, for Jackson, and for Sarah, and for Glenn. And be grateful to Glenn because he's done a pretty incredible thing in our church, in the whole entire church. So the church needs to be aware and the church needs to be loving and the church needs to do something about what we see. Amen. So what's your response this morning? Bible says that Jesus um, then fed them and they were all satisfied because that's God's plan for all men to be satisfied, to be fulfilled. And um, Bible tells us that when Jesus fed the 5,000, there were 12 basket full, one symbolizing one for each thrive, right? So when he fed the 4,000, um, Bible says that there were seven. And when Bible talks about um, numbers is rarely a coincidence. The Lord is trying to tell us something. So that number seven is completion, is perfection. I am going to perfect my work and I'm going to reach everyone and I'm going to be the savior of every mankind, the whole mankind. And then um, the, the disciples didn't want to do it because they didn't think Jesus was going to do it for the Gentiles, but Jesus did. And being obedient, being obedient and giving Jesus what they had, they got seven baskets full. So when you don't know why you're doing it, do it because you're being obedient. You might get a basket. You may get blessings out of it. You may be empowered. You may be resurrected. You may be because that's what the Lord does. Amen. So I want downtown this morning to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'm going to look around and I'm going to be intentional. Bible tells us about story, and with this, I'm going to finish, about story where um, Paul was on a horse, and you know it, right? And he fell, he was chasing, he was um, chasing the church, and he had an encounter with Christ. And this is beautiful because Bible says that the Lord talked to Ananias, and he told Ananias, hey, and go to the street that's called Straight. And you're going to find a man that I want to do something incredible, that he's going to be a witness to me. And it's funny because Ananias could have been like, what? You are sending me to the worst human ever to go and be a witness? He needs to stay blind. I don't want him to see me. But the Lord said, I want you to go and pray for him and he will see again. Because I already told him that this is going to happen. So Ananias went and he was being obedient. But I'm struck by the fact that the Lord gives him a specific address. Isn't that cool? The Lord saying like, go to union and there you're going to find a man that needs you. The Lord is so intentional. And I feel in my heart that this morning the Lord is telling someone, remember when I made you, when I brought that person to your mind? Remember when I told you stop here? The Lord is telling you, I want you to be a witness for this person. I want you to be my eyes and my hands. So the Lord is giving some of us an, uh, a very consistent and clear direction of who we need to go to. This morning, someone after the message told me, Pastora, um, the Lord had told me 
to call this family this morning. And when you told, when you said that story, I felt the confirmation. So now my family and I, we're going to visit them. Is there someone that you need to go and be a witness for? Is there someone that you need to be um, bothered for? Is the Lord telling you, go, I will be with you. Speak of my name and love them. And Bible says that Ananias didn't just was there and, 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 Paul was able to see he, he went the second mile. You know, because sometimes we think salvation is an event, but salvation is an event as it is a process, you know? So Ananias didn't just do what God told him. He stayed there with him. He, I think he saw him and said, like, this dude haven't eaten for three days. You're starving. You need to eat because what you're going to face out there is going to be hard. So he fed him. And Bible says that he baptized him. And that is the beauty of our, this beautiful message and of the church that we can sit with people and their process and we can walk with them and we can be a witness and we can look around and say, I'm going to go, Father. You don't have to get no one else. I'm going for them. I'm going to be the voice. I'm going to be the hug they need. Amen. Because what the Lord wants with us, he wants amongst us. He wants the church to be kind and the church to be loving. Do you receive it this morning? Hallelujah. Pastor James.